Welcome to Lamestream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like this show, rate, review, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. Tell somebody that you love, that you love, listen to Lamestream Sports. Okay. Yeah, that's not that's not too much to ask. We do appreciate that. Uh, Jill Jelnick is our official but, guest. But, by the way, don't, don't tell your grandmother who doesn't live, listen to podcasts. Just... I'm introducing the guest. She was kind enough to give us a whole lot of her time during a very not busy cut, time of her, her week. She explains just how extraordinarily busy she is as a one-woman sports department for Fox 17. Jill Jelnick and Steve Cavendish has the audacity to step all over the introduction to talk about grandmothers. Don't give your, don't don't tell your grandmother you listen to lamestream. She doesn't listen to podcasts. That doesn't count. So Jill was extremely gracious with her time this week on the show, and uh, she's got a really cool story. Like born in uh, born in California, plays softball D one all the way across the country on the Atlantic coast for East Carolina. Has worked in Texas and Chattanooga, and is now running, of course, the entire sports department for Fox seventeen. And when I say she is running the entire sports department, I we mean literally every aspect of that sports department. So uh, really fun conversation with her. She was very gracious with her time uh, on one of her days, one of her very few days off during the fall. So uh, really excited to hear from her. We have, I, I am so here, Steve, like kind of the way you are obsessed with the music city baseball press releases. I am so here for the college football PR Twitter wars that are taking place between ESPN PR and Fox PR and big noon kickoff and game day. And, this game was higher rated and that game was higher rated and we're up 32% and we're up 19% and I'm here for all of it. So we'll discuss that a little bit later on uh, in the show. And I know you've got some thoughts on the Tennessee Titans <laughs> broadcast crew in week, yeah. num- in week number one. We'll do that before the interview with Jill. Uh, and of course, we've got TV ratings. Uh, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Vols back very, very relevant in the TV market here. So we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show as well. However, before we do any of that, Lamestream Sports is brought to you by Jaspers. Always brought to you by the fine folks at Jaspers. Do you like sports? Yes. Do you like fajita bars? <laughs> that's a that's a big yes. Do we like watching sports while eating fajita bars? Absolutely. Two great tastes that taste great together. And this is not, by the way, this is not some weird congealed like health nutritional bar that's in a wrap like and it's in a package because i feel like if you heard the word bar when talking about food your mind could go a lot of different directions with all this healthy stuff that's out there that's being peddled to you no this is a like a laid out extravaganza of fajita goodness that's all there in front of you it's not like pre-packaged into one it is a monster truck jam of fajitas (laughs) my four-year-old obsessed with monster truck jam and uh, mom and mom and dad, me and me and the wife obsessed with fajita bars. So uh, go check it out. Free parking. The next evolution of the sports bar. Of course, great place to watch any games, college football, pro football. Uh, and we'll give you those TV ratings coming up because a lot of you were watching football this weekend, pro and college. We'll tell you all about that uh, a little bit later on in the program. Go to Jasper's, everybody. Jill Jelnick from Fox 17 will be our guest. Uh, Steve, however, you wanted to touch on the Fox broadcast crew for the Giants and Titans so, season opener. So there is, if you're not one of the top rated teams in the NFL, uh, that guarantees one of the top two or three announcing crews in your, you know, calling your game every single week, you know, for if, if for instance, this year, you're not the, uh, you know, you're not the Buffalo Bills. You're not the, Los Angeles Chargers. The LA Chargers are going to get an inordinate amount of, or, or the, or like the Kansas City Chiefs the last few years. They always get the top uh, crews there. They don't send the number five and number six crews to your to your venue, like Fox did last weekend. For for the opener, for the home opener, we got Kevin Kugler. <laughs> And Mark Sanchez. Now, Kevin Kugler is. Are a, you so, when are you when are you going to not be surprised by the crews it, that they it, send to Nashville? Kevin Kugler is a perfectly serviceable play-by-play guy. Yes, yes. And, and and all of this goes to prove what we've talked about, you know, like on college football as well. That doing this at a really high level is really hard, and there's only so many good people out there. And so, 
I, I just Mark Sanchez made me throw things <laughs> at my television in the second half. That that had no, and that had nothing to do with the Titans collapsing, is what you're saying. No, it had a okay. lot to do with out and out cheering for the for the Giants. A lot of the use of the term "we" that I think started as a well, if I were Daniel Jones, you know, I would be thinking we would blah, 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 blah. And then just turned into, you know, we got to move the ball here. We got to do such and such. You know, we, we really need a first do, down here. Do, do you think he's just doing that on accident? Like he just got into that rhythm and he just sort of didn't like know. He forgot, mean, they're or... the, he forgot they're not the Jets. He well, forgot but he he's has, he's, that's he's my... like calling the wrong, the, the wrong New York team. I don't know. Like, this is what I'm trying to find, figure out. Like, what are his loyalties that would allow him to go with we, uh, unless he's just purely rooting for, like, the young quarterback making a comeback or something? I, I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't, he's not, he has no affiliation with the Giants. I guess Fox as a broadcast company is packaged with the NFC. Uh, but there's no way Mark Sanchez is that is thinking about, oh, the, the company line up there in the broadcast booth, is he? I mean, maybe he's still pissed off that Michael Griffin picked him off like eight times in a game uh, 10 years ago. I don't that know. would be a record. I mean, that would be a record. Eight interceptions in one game is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> eight interceptions. He might not have been still throwing the ball. <laughs> um, no, but just just terrible. And, and, and so uh, all that to say is. Losing for losing right out of the gate. Uh, they haven't made. They haven't. Uh, there's a there's a Monday night double header next week. Uh, they haven't said which crew we get. Um, so I'll be interested to see if we get Buck and Aikman or if we get probably either Steve Steve Levy and you know some version of the some some version of the Monday night crew last year that was doing some preseason games. So interesting observation about the Buck and, and Aikman thing is that now that they are on ESPN there's a lot of chatter about from media people about the it, the, the biggest hit that could that could that, that 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 crew could deliver is to the Manning cast because a big appeal of the Manning cast was the fact that people didn't necessarily love the Levy Riddick Greasy crew on Monday night. And so it'll be but interesting the, to see how the numbers the, trail the, 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 com whole, the whole year. The combo numbers for the first night though were were stellar. Uh the combo right, I'm saying for the whole season, I want to see what it looks like to have a one of the best crews in the game. Now you're going up against one of the best crews in the game versus going up against one of the worst crews in the I game. I think that's that I think sense? that's wish casting by people who who didn't like Levy and and and, okay. and those guys. Okay. I mean, I I think there's 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 a number of people that that you're going to get, and maybe you know maybe they pull in a bigger audience than than Levy and Riddick and Greasy did, but it, and and that's that's certainly plausible. But I, I think the 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 Manning cast is its own thing and has its own ratings and. And, and and we'll do just fine. All okay. that to say is, uh, um, no more if, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, no more Mark Sanchez. Uh, All right. Which I don't think there's going to be any more home Fox broadcast. There shouldn't be any. I was looking at the. I was looking trying to figure this out later. Um, but the. I mean, just, uh, just terrible. Just okay. awful. All right. You feel better? No, but. I get it off my chest. <laughs> All right, that's good. Uh, we have uh, ratings and recommendations a little bit later on as we have some. Tennessee volunteer numbers that I think are very interesting. We'll discuss that along with the new PR ratings TV war that is taking place between ESPN and Fox, which I absolutely love. We will do all of that following our wonderful conversation with the great and talented one woman sports department from Fox 17, Jill Jelnick. Jill, great to see you. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time today. We do appreciate it. How are you? Good, good. Breathing week one of the football season out of the way. And even though it wasn't a, a great ending for the Titans, I'm glad if if they have lost like that, get it out of the way week one, move on to the next one. So, so yeah, but moving quickly, the NFL is, we are in it, my friends. We are absolutely in it. This is a, a grind time of the year, but but it's fun. You're learning now that stupid week one losses are a <laughs> Titans tradition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, and and we'll we'll get to a lot of what you do at Titans games and every other game in the city uh, in just a little while. But I, I wanted you to sort of, in your own words, introduce yourself to uh, the backstory at least of of how you got here because you're you're a West Coast girl born out there, but you play softball D one all the way as far away from California as possible. And then you sort of work like everyone else in the business. You end up here in Nashville. So, like, let's get every, let's get into the background a little bit of how you end up at East Carolina 
And why on earth did you choose this godforsaken industry? That is, that is, those are great questions. Million dollar questions. That's why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> um, you know what? It's, it's my story definitely is proof that no one, there's no such thing as a traditional path. Um, you, it's all about your own path and, and mine's a fun one because it's just been kind of one of those stories where I'm, I'm just taking it one, one step at a time. I don't know where I'm going to end up next, but it's fun. Um, yes, born and raised Southern California, grew up playing all kinds of sports. The goal was always to play division one softball. And, and even though I had some smaller offers on the, the West coast, I wanted D one and the school that gave me the most love was East Carolina, go pirates. Um, and, I had never been to North Carolina. I had never been <laughs> east of Texas. I, I was. Uh, I didn't know where Greenville was when I when they first reached out to me. I asked my parents, "Is Greenville, where is that in North Carolina or South Carolina? Because there's a Greenville, South Carolina." So I was like, "Where, where exactly do they want me to come?" Um, and sure enough, uh, one of my favorite stories, and I swear this is the truth, guys. When I was growing up in Southern California, in Orange County, there was no tailgating. There's no college football tailgating. Um, we didn't have two NFL teams then. UCLA and USC were in the hearts of LA. You don't you don't go up there and tailgate on game day. So when they flew me out for my recruiting trip, um, <laughs> they flew. They were smart and picked a great football game. It was ECU Marshall, and I'm walking. That's a great game. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'm walking around. This was um Ruffin McNeil era, the start of the Ruffin McNeil era, who I'm a huge fan of. And we're walking around the parking lot, headed up to the game. And one, it's shoulder to shoulder. I was like, oh my God, we are outside and it is shoulder to shoulder in this parking lot. And the best part was as I'm crossing the street on the right side of me, I do a double take and my mouth just drops. There was a pig head <laughs> on a stake with pig hands and pig feet right next to it, just chilling on this this fence. Like the head was on a stake and then the, the feet and the legs were just like right next to it. And I was like, oh my God, this place is crazy. Sign me up. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to spend my next four years. Presumably the rest of that pig was in a barbecue someplace. I, I'm yes. I think when I saw the pig head, everything else blurred around me. Like it just like one of those where I didn't see anything else other than this pig head. Um, but that's what did it for me. It was this quick realization that this was a whole other world that I knew nothing about, and they were gonna help pay for me to play softball. And I said, let's do it. So that's the joke was I couldn't get any further from home. I had to go to East Carolina. I didn't go to UNC. I didn't go to NC State. I went to East Carolina. So, um, so yeah, and I have not lived back home for the last 10 years. I've been moving around in the South, stops in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, San Antonio, Texas, and now Nashville. Yeah, and, and for those that do not know, of all the group of five teams in all of college football, there may not be a better party tailgate atmosphere in all of the country than, than East Carolina. Uh, and when you're coming from California, it's not like East Carolina really helps you with the North or the South part. Like it's not, yeah, what does that mean? It doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't help, it doesn't help you uh, at all. So I want to, before we get into the media side, I, I do want to touch on the softball side because you do a lot of softball work as well in the spring for the American athletic conference. And this past season, they, they beat the college world series and ratings. This is a sport that continues to grow from a television interest standpoint, um, certainly, you know, Tennessee fans, volunteers, fans have a lot of, uh, ties to what their program has done. The sec is very good. The big 12 is extremely good. I, I know a pro league is probably a couple of years away, but it feels like interest in this sport from the casual sports fan, especially during that time of year has exploded in the last five years. W what is your perspective of the growth of the coverage of that sport? Great question. And you're absolutely right. College softball has blown up specifically in the last like five to six years, not even 10 years ago. And I attribute that to the coverage. Um, but more than that, in order to get that coverage, in order for ESPN to realize that they have this diamond in the rough, that this sport it, it has to be these amazing women, talented women, and also some some thrilling powerhouse teams to watch. Um, you know, it's funny growing up, I was all Pac-12. Actually, it was Pac-10 when I was growing up. So my dream was like UCLA softball, ASU softball. Pac-10 dominated the first half of, of this century, 2000, 2010. SEC started to become big about 10, 
11, 12 years ago and just has dominated the last decade with Alabama, with Florida, um, Arkansas being big. And so I think what happened was when that kind of power dynamic shifted to another portion of the country, specifically the SEC, who's known for what? Tailgating, the SEC network, big time um, viewers in the South. It kind of shifted the dynamic a little bit. Credit to ESPN saying, you know what, this is a fast sport that's growing quickly. These young women, they have some exciting stories to tell. We can market this in a way that's more engaging to maybe even more engaging than, dare I say it, baseball sometimes <laughs> because of how slow baseball can be, right? We all know that's been a battle in the sport for a long time. Um, and so the coverage went up, the excitement went up, the um, and then just credit to the the teams and these girls. Um, Lauren Chamberlain, you know, really was a face for Oklahoma for so long, starting that dynasty and just some fa fantastic women that are fun to cover and fun to watch. Um, it's been so exciting, so exciting seeing that sport grow, um, especially, you know, having played it. And now that I get a chance to be an analyst has been so much fun. I was a fill-in analyst for the Lady Vols this last spring, and I got to do about five, six games. And I was so so I, what a privilege. What I mean, first of all, what a program, uh, you know, Karen weekly now taking the charge with her husband, um, stepping aside and Ralph and just so much history, um, with that program and being able to fill in and call some of those games are just so much fun. And it, it's work. It's just like any of our jobs. It's work. But I think it it does hit a little differently for me because I was on that field and I, I have an idea what those girls are going through. Do you think there's a pro league here in the next few years? Uh, they had pro fast pitch for for several years. And, and um, t I think actually the pandemic just completely shut it down. It did. Yeah. Um, but it was struggling before that. Um, does it return? I, I think it will be tough. I think it will be very tough. They've had a hard time making money from it. There, yeah. there's a there's a want and a desire, and there's enough talent with women um, coming from college programs, especially with how much the sport's growing. I, I don't know if they can be able to sustain it, and I think that's that would be very hard. They can bring it back, you know, throw all the marketing in the world around it with biggest names and Jenny Finch being a head coach or whoever you want leading the charge. Um, but I, I don't think, um, not in the next couple of years, I think it might take some time. I think it might take some more time. Okay. You touched on something that I think is, it is pretty interesting. Braden's more of a, of a long-term baseball fan than I am as a neutral. I, I like watching softball games because of the pace, because it's a, it is a quicker pace. Um, do you, what what kind of feedback do you get from people about sort of the the relative difference between watching a softball game on TV versus watching a baseball game? It's always that that adjective you use that uh, quicker, faster, um, and that leads to more bang bang plays, more excitement. I think the small ball game and softball, um, baseball has its own small ball game. Softball, small ball game, completely different. I was a slapper. I was I br got brought up in that slapping era that that helped not only make the game quicker, but kind of boom in, in a way because it was all of a sudden someone just touches the ball, puts it down on the ground, and if you're as fast as you should uh, you can be, then that's it. That's all you need is put it on the ground, and it it really changed. I think yes, the speed, but just excitement and energy level. Um, it's also this is, sounds kind of obvious, but it's on a smaller field, right? We have sixty feet, um, and it's everything is bang bang. It's coming at you so quick, um, and so I think it just leads to a visual that is more compelling sometimes than this. I love baseball. Do not get me wrong. I am baseball will. Oh my gosh. In my heart, you know, so I look at a big baseball field and, and how dramatic it is, but that's not softball. Softball, softball is just bang, bang in this small area. Um, how much excitement can we pack into this, this diamond is, is kind of the energy I believe people like to feed off of, and they feed off of from the TV when they watch it. Yeah, it's it's baseball in a blender, but also uh -huh. it's it's the highest level of softball you can play. So if you're a a, a a young girl like my five year old daughter who just started playing last year, 
when if she's growing up watching the game right now, like the highest level of softball she can watch is the women's college world series. Like that's the highest level of, of game she can watch and, and can aspire to. And again, that's why maybe 10 years from now, there's something different, but it is like all of that stuff just packed into a, this little blender and it, it makes for great television. So I think the growth is, is coming. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, you, you've been a part of it here at Tennessee and with East Carolina. It also speaks to the other part of your career that we're going to get to, which is, and I've heard you say this in, in our very few conversations that we've had, getting to know you, the thing that we tell a lot of people, young media people on this show is to do as many different things as possible. Teach yourself as many different things as possible, because you never know which one is going to be the thing that you either A, fall in love with, or B, helps you move to someplace you want to get. And you've already talked about living all over the country in literally every time zone. You've talked about doing sideline stuff and do, being an analyst and jumping over to Knoxville when you need to. So I, I think you have a very interesting perspective on do every single thing you possibly can in this business because that's going to allow you to succeed. Yes. No, I, whenever I have young men and women ask me about, you know, how did you get started? What is your advice? easily the the one of the first things i go to is when you are starting out it's just like any end, other industry right you want to learn a variety of different things you want to better yourself your skill set in a variety of different things be open right because if you're not necessarily sold on one path and you're interested in this or you're interested in this you may want to do play by play but you also like radio you're not sure if you want to be on camera starting out, it's so important to try several different things so you can get a taste and a feel, see what you like more, be surprised. A lot of people, oh my gosh, I didn't realize all the prep work that goes into being a play-by-play. -play. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize um, how difficult it is to, to jump on camera right after a game and, and quickly do a report <laughs> with no time whatsoever. <laughs> um, so it's so it's so important to try different things. And that's, that was advice that was given to me by my first sports director. When I got my first job, it was in Greenville, good old Greenville, man. Pirates just keep giving back to me. <laughs> and, um, I was interning with the, the local CBS station there. And I'm telling you day two of that internship, I was like, Oh my God, if I don't go for this, I'm going to regret it the rest of my life. It hit me on the, like slap in the face, hit me so hard. And my sports director told me, try to learn as much as you can, because then when so-and-so is looking to hire for this, you can say, hey, I can do that and this, 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 and that. Um, it just makes you better. Um, at some point, you, you're, you'll get to a crossroads, like I'm sure a lot of people do in their own industries, where you kind of have to go a specific direction. And whether that's with a specific sport or whether you go all in on play-by-play, -play, you'll get to that point when you, when you do, you know, but that's not where you're supposed to be in the beginning. The beginning is for learning everything, being a sponge, soak it all up. Um, I, I pride myself on being a Jill of all trades because I got brought up with carrying a camera, doing this, that, and jumping on air behind the scenes producing. I do a lot of producing, which a lot of people obviously don't see on camera. Um, but that's, that's editing and producing is about, God, I want to say 75% of my job. <laughs> and so um, the more you can learn, um, the more marketable you can be um, and take your skill set to the, to the next level. Lamestream Sports is a podcast about Nashville sports media and business hosted by Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner. Sign up, NashvilleBanner.com. And it is brought to you by Jaspers. So there's a lot of stuff happening right now, Steve. Like Nashville SC only has a couple of matches to go before they, they go on a big their third playoff run. You've got Tennessee Volunteer Football pulling big, big, big ratings in their first real game of the season against Pittsburgh. So many more people now paying attention to what Josh Heupel is doing. The Titans are coming off the the one seed. You've got Preds games starting up here in a, in a literally a couple of weeks. There is so much to watch. You need a place to do that, Steve. Where should people do that? Um, hold on, I know this. Yep. I just hang on. Just just take some time with it. No, not that much time. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jaspers. Yeah, that is correct. That is correct. Uh, it, is in, it is, in fact, I mean, Jaspers. Un unlike, was... 
Listen, un- unlike a Todd Downing third and short play call, that was not a trick question. <laughs> you good with that? <laughs> you good with that? Sorry, I'm gonna need a little warning on this. Go, um, go to Jasper's where the parking is free and they convert on third and short. <laughs> wow. Can we just keep going with the Todd Downing jokes? Sure, sure. It seems, seems to be I'm... working well. <laughs> Uh, listen, you got to strike while the iron's hot, okay? The Todd Downing jokes play this week. They probably won't next week when everyone thinks he's a genius because they beat the Buffalo Bills. So go to Jasper's on a Monday night if you want to watch a Titans game. Jasper's is your place. You don't have to pay for parking. They got great food, great drink specials. You want to go on Sunday to watch some other games? You want to go on Saturday to watch the, the Vols as a 47-point favorite <laughs> for Akron? Be, by all means, go. Uh, if you, I think that's if, a perfect... If for, instance, if, for instance, you want to throw, you want to throw a watch party at your house... And you need, like, for instance, a bar of fajitas. Mm. Uh, yeah. Call Jaspers. Jaspers they, will they, cater they your watch party. They can accommodate you. Yep. They will cater your watch party or your tailgate party or your office party. They can cater all of that for you. Uh, also, they have the whole restaurant on West End, which is a fantastic place to get away. And here's what's cool about the 47-point game against Akron, if you're a Tennessee fan. If you immediately need to find something to do at Jaspers because the game you're watching is extremely boring, they have an entire game room. So you don't have to watch every play of the Akron game. You can just kind of keep an eye on it on the big screen while you play shuffleboard or air hockey or darts or all the wonderful and amazing free games that Jaspers has in their game room. So go to Jaspers, everybody. Go to Jaspers. So you you mentioned doing a lot of different things coming into coming into the Nashville market, you're at a smaller station. You're, I mean, I think this is in your Twitter bio, Twitter bio, you're a one woman band here for Fox 17. You do, you have to do everything. Uh, so kind of walk us through kind of like what a week might, like what's your week going to be like this week? Uh, and, <laughs> you picked a good one. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then I got to, I'm going to follow up after that. Yes. Yes. Um, no, you picked an excellent week. My, my Twitter bio does say one woman sports department. And, and that's because I am a one woman sports department. There is nobody else. Um, at Fox, they downsize their sports department, uh, in the pandemic and it never got ex- back expanded, you know? And so when I signed up, it was always going to be a one woman department. And, even though it is a, a sports director leadership position, um, it's a lot because I'm I'm doing the work of what should be at least two people. I mean, you look at our other stations in the market; they have at least two. Um, Channel Five is has what I call small small sports army. They're all so <laughs> nice, um, and so yeah, it is just me. But a typical, I think, when you look at what goes into a department for local television. You have you have to have a, some sort of a photog a shooter. Um, then you have a producer. Then you have the person that gets um, an editor. Then you have the person that gets in front of the camera and anchors everything. So right there, those are four roles. And in our news, and every news station has an editor, a producer, um, a, a photog, and then an anchor. Uh, those are four separate roles, and I do all four of them um, on a, on a weekly basis. So. This time of the year, and you is, knew that coming in. I knew that was that was that was not, either not part of the I, part of the plus or <laughs> or part of the minus, but you knew it coming in. Not only did I know that, I signed up for it. So <laughs> I always, I'm always very, very um, quick to point out, I'm the one that signed up for it. Here I am, but I, I'm, I've been embracing it for one year now, and um, this time of year is complete chaos because of football season. I have a 30 minute high school football show on Friday called football frenzy live 30 minutes, just high school football at nine 30 last week. We had 11 different games, absolute madness. That's Friday, uh, Saturday run high, uh, college football Sunday. Usually it's, it's the Titans. Um, but I have on Sunday, I have a 30 minute sports show called sports overtime at 10 o'clock i produce i anchor i edit i do all of that by myself just like the 30 minute high school football show on friday so those are two 30 minute shows that i have on a weekly basis um this time of year fridays and sundays and then leading up to that you asked what i do every day you know titan going to covering titans wednesday and thursday getting that podium sound shooting practice 
getting those reports together. I'll jump on the newscast and, and do my sports cast um, at 5.30, 9 and 10. Friday's the high school football show, Saturday college football, Sunday sports overtime. And then this week is a fun one because the Titans are on Monday night football and Fox 17 won the bid for the broadcast rights. So that means Fox 17 is airing the game on our channel. So my boss said, hey, how about we get a good lead in going into that and let's get some viewers before they start watching the football game. So that our 530 on Monday is going to be my third 30 minute show this week. It's going to be a Titans pregame special that I will do live from Nissan Stadium. When do you have time to write that? Titans. That that's 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 a ton of stuff. It it is. I mean, just the 30 <laughs> minute show on Friday is is chaos, but then Sunday is Sunday. I've gotten in a good routine because I have that Sunday show every Sunday since I've gotten here. Haven't missed a Sunday. Um, but then throw in that Monday and that's when I start to like pull my hair out. So like, make sure you check in on me next Tuesday make sure I'm still, <laughs> still alive. But yes, you picked a good week. Look, look I, I, as someone who, who had hustle jobs early in my career to do everything, get as much experience as possible. They're great jobs. They're also hard to maintain over a long period of time. Is there a, is there a risk as being the one woman show at, you know, at a station and piling on more and more and more of, of what used to be separate functions. Is there a risk of burnout? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is my, I don't want to say that's my daily battle. Some of some days are are better than others, but that is a a sustainability is a, is a serious concern and and burnout is a serious concern. Um, I've had several conversations, you know, with my team at Fox 17 about, okay, where can we cut back some of your hours? How can we help you out here or there? Um, though, unfortunately there's not a lot of time to cut back this time of year. This is the grind, you know? So I, I kind of look at it mentally as 18 weeks, right? We're already one week down. (laughs) We got 17 (laughs) more to go. Um, and then, and then in the spring is, is where I'll start to take some, just some shorter weeks in general, when, when it's not a busy sports day and I'm able to, to take some time and breathe. And then I try to, then I try to, um, it, that's just not, um, as easy this time of year, but yes, that's a great question. And I think it's in, so important for anybody in this industry, um, that, to know that burnout is real and it is a genuine concern. There's ways to help that. And some such everybody's situation is different. Um, mine is unique because I am the only person in that department. That's where that other, that kind of second person helps take that burden of the grind of what you do yeah. on a regular basis. So my, I have to be very careful. Um, my big thing is when I'm off on Monday, Tuesday, I'm off on Monday, Tuesday. Um, you know, I'll check my email, but if I got a, you know, I, I have to really take a mental break. Mental health has been something that I've really tried to, um, work on, uh, this last year, just, uh, taking time, whether it's taking time off to do nothing or having what I call no makeup days where I just do not put on any makeup and and not do anything at all. I have no makeup on right now, hence the sunglasses. (laughs) So I tried to, you know, there's tricks and, um, ways to kind of help, prevent that burnout. But I'm glad you asked that because I think it's so important to see that I struggle too. I'm not Wonder Woman. I There are days where I, I have to be and I have to look like it, but I, I am not. And so I, I do have some really, really tough days. And I think reaching out, asking for help, hopefully getting help from my news department as often as I can. Um, there's those are ways that I'm learning and getting better at. Um, but sustainability wise, we'll see it. You know, I love Nashville and I love this job. I'd love to try to figure out a, a way to maybe get a partner in crime in my department. Um, we'll, we'll see. We shall would you, see. Would you take a partner in crime or a raise? I don't know. Oh, that's on, a great Kat. question. That's a, no, that's a great question, right? <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want more money? But when you think about what another person could help me with mentally and physically. Um, that's nice too. I don't know. I might have to, let me think about that and get back to you on that one. How about so, that for an answer? That's a, that's a good answer. Uh, Steve, I don't know if Steve's ever covered like a football beat 
Jill, but like I think people don't understand what happened. And this is not just a TV thing. It's not a small market, a big market thing. It's a college thing. It's a high school thing. It's a pro thing. But the football season and the amount of work that almost every job in sports media requires, the, the physical hours it takes each week to execute coverage of a football beat in particular. Now, there, the hockey's a grind, too, because it's nights and it's all, you know, it's in the spring. But there's something different about the amount of stuff that is expected when it comes to covering football. And and I so with that in mind, on your Sunday show, on on, on that product, when you talk about writing, producing, editing, and then hosting, you know, front facing of the camera, can you give everybody a sense of like the total number of hours that each one of those things takes to execute for one 30 minute product on a Sunday night? To say one 30 minute product on a Sunday, that might be a little tougher. I will say this, this time of year, I average 11 hours. I, I really try to get out of there before I hit 12. I average 11 hours on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, I cut back a little bit because we don't have a 5.30 show. And then Sunday, it's easily 11 or 12. So I average 11-hour workdays. for a Does OSHA know this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Steve, you're asking all the, all the tough questions today. Um, so that's... That is that's football season, but that's because I have that 30 minute show on Friday and then the 30 minute show on Sunday um, for one 30 minute show. I will tell you this, the the only way I have survived with this Sunday 30 minute show is that I have to pick and choose during my weekdays. I have to pick and choose things that I know I can reuse for Sunday. So I'm not rolling up into Sunday and starting from scratch. I, I rarely ever do that. Um, the high school football show is really the only show that I can't do a lot of pre-producing because right. everything comes in at nine o'clock. And like I said, it's madness. It's fun. It's a fun show. Don't get me wrong, but it's madness. That Sunday show, I have the, what I figured out early on when I started last year, I cannot survive a week, a 30 minute show by myself. If I do not choose things on Wednesday and Thursday that I can reuse. Um, what gets tough is the Titans, the Titans play on Sunday. Right. And so what I usually do is out of my five blocks, it's a 30 minute show, five blocks, my first entire block and sometimes a little of the second is just Titans. Right. But I'll have everything else, those four other blocks ready to go when I roll up into work on Sunday. Um, I'll have my college football block. I'll have my high, sponsored high school football block from Friday night, the best of the best from Friday night. I'll have a little preds from the week. I'll have whatever I've um, accumulated from the week. Bring that over. And then basically the the new stuff that I'm turning quickly is that Titans on Sunday. Now this week, the the positive about this week is my 30 minute Sunday show for Titans. That's going to be all the stuff I'm working on all week long because they don't play till Monday. So on Sunday, I'm probably going to have uh, two thirds of my show be Titans. And then a lot of that stuff, a lot of those sound bites and, and interviews, I'm going to get a one on one interview with a player tomorrow. Not sure who, but like that big interview is going to re air on Sunday or it will air on Sunday and then it will be also in my Titan special on Monday. So that is how I have learned to kind of quote unquote <laughs> cheat, cheat the system. But that's, that's how oh, I, I have to do it. I don't think that's cheating the system. I just wanted to give people a perspective of like, there's this, uh, you know, there's this many hours that go into editing. There's this many hours that go into writing. There's this many yeah. hours, like, and it's just like all these different, different roles. Um, let's, let's, let's dive into your time here in Nashville as after a year, what, what sort of, preconceived notions versus things that are now different in your mind about the sports market in Nashville. Now that you've been here a year, what are the things that maybe you didn't expect good, bad, otherwise just what, what, how do you view Nashville now differently from a sports fandom standpoint than when you got here a year ago? That's a good question. And, you know, I don't know if I've reflected all that much on what I thought coming in. It, uh, I knew that Nashville was going to be a fun city. Um, I had been living in Chattanooga, had been to Nashville before. I knew the city was exciting and I knew, had an idea that the job was going to be tough, right? Those were my two big expectations. When it came to the sports market, I was, I was excited for the NFL team, right? And that's a big reason why I, I wanted to take the job was more NFL teams. And I don't think I anticipated it being as big as I, as it is, um, Nashville to me is a much bigger sports market than people realize and bigger than national media give it credit for. Um, I think 
in the TV world, we have market indexes, you know, where market um, size, right? How many eyeballs are on your, your um, television on your actual show? And Nashville comes in, I think, 28, 29. Yeah, it's late um, 20s. In the, yep, high 20s. And I think it's much bigger um, than that. But that's that's by news. That's not sports index, sports right. market index. I think I think it's a top 20 sports market. Um, and that's obviously because the Titans, I mean, they I love and obviously the environment that Broadway and downtown Nashville creates the game day atmosphere that the Titans have is, I think, unmatched. It's it's very unique. That's why you see all these other fans, uh, opponents yep. come into Nashville. Yep. It's the it's the funniest thing. So I think when you take a look at the kind of the community or sports community around the Titans, the Predators that that especially because that Stanley Cup run in 2017, the energy that that team brings right also right there on Broadway, very very special and unique. And then you throw in this soccer team, who is poised for their third straight postseason. In in three years of MLS, they've only been an MLS team for three years. They've been to the postseason in the last two years, and they're about to go go to their third. Um, and oh yeah, they just got this beautiful fortress of a stadium um, that is continuing to generate more and more fans. That's awesome. And then oh yeah, don't forget about the sounds as well. I'm you know we're all big baseball people here. I I love their stadium, the skyline. I think what they have on Fridays and the weekends such a special atmosphere. So I think it's a lot bigger sports market than one I anticipated. But also I think then people realize um, it's fun too, and it doesn't give the effect that it's getting old i feel like it's only growing more and more because we're getting more and more attention and more and more people in nashville too well and i think some of that soccer being a far younger demographic and a more diverse demographic is some yes. of that the alumni bases in college football are now not just like sec it's basically everybody in the world yeah. uh watches college football we're turning into birmingham and charlotte where like we just watch every single thing that a college football game uh is put on so uh, it's, it's, it is, a. I think some of that is, is, is because of the, the, the new things that are coming are bringing a younger audience. Yes. <clears throat> so what do you want to, what do you want, what do you want to cover here in the next 12 months? If, if you were to say, if we bump that up to two years, I'd love to cover an MLB team moving here to Nashville. <laughs> that's a, that's not magic, but that's a, a uh, but that's a that's a well worn uh, Jill. You don't worn trope here, Jill. You don't know that. That is a trigger sentence. Is that a trigger? Oh, Steve, I'm so sorry. That is, that, is, that is never happening. But uh, Steve, I'm so sorry. That is. He, he, I mean, it's absolutely fine. We could talk about this a lot. Nobody no, wants to hear my rants on this. No, we've I, heard your we've heard his rants enough times, Jill. He's got a <laughs> he's got a big problem with Music City Baseball peddling their press releases through the form of media stories, um, and he never lets it go. He never lets any of us who like baseball have like the the, the sliver of hope that it you might can't actually have happen. nice things. Yeah, can't have nice things. Um, well, how about this? Can I change my answer to sure. a tight, to um the Super Bowl? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I'd love for the Titans to make a Super Bowl run, but good news is, is even if they don't make it, um, I believe our team's going to try to cover it. Um, because Fox is hosting the Super Bowl this year, so there's a good chance I'll be in Arizona, anyways. Um, so looking, hopefully fingers crossed that works out looking forward to that. Um, I'd also, you know, I was bummed. I, I kind of, since I came last July, I missed Vandy's run at the college world series. Um, and so I, and oh, yeah. so this year I was so excited and uh, just not the year for coach Corbin and, and the Vandy boys. Um, on the other side, I was going to try to cover the Vols too. And a huge, um, Tony Vitello fan. And I was getting ready to cover the college world series for them and that didn't work out so that did not work out no no, no. so no. to answer your question i'd like to call cover uh i'd like to go to omaha how about that yeah i've done three of those and i will say this one of the best i've been to every super regional series that vanderbilt has hosted since basically corbett took over like the 0708 era and i'll say that like louisville's up there in terms of fan support but one of the best fan bases that has ever come to this city to a super regional is absolutely the East Carolina Pirates. Oh, it's not even pl- they were they were rowdy, they were fun, they were loud. Yes. It was it was a lot of fun and it was a great atmosphere. 
Um, and uh, so get lots of credit to ECU and they just, their baseball program just continues to grow yeah. and grow and grow yeah. and grow. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. So, uh, all right, well, Jill, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. We really appreciate it. We know it's a very busy time of the year. Um, but I think, uh, people need to check out what you're doing, get, get to her on the Twitters, the broadcast, all that great stuff and, uh, keep elbowing people out of the way at Titans practice. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Jill. Yes. Thanks guys for having me. Always appreciate it. Go Titans. Thank you. That was Jill Jelnick of Fox 17, Steve. And I don't know. I guess it's appropriate. She handled it quite well, I thought. Uh, would you rather have a raise or a co-worker? <laughs> that was an interesting question by you. And I think she handled it uh, quite well because both Listen, of those things would be very helpful to her. Jill is very nice and very diplomatic. Uh, her employers do not pay well. Uh, and and they have had huge turnover problems here over the last few years. Um, you know, they've lost a bunch of that staff. They've lost like a bunch of like key people off their morning crew and other stuff. And, uh, you know, she's extremely diplomatic about the whole thing. Uh, her running a one person sports operation is insane. Uh, and the fact that she executes it at the level she does is, is pretty remarkable on her. Um, you know, Fox, get her some help. Well, here, here's the <laughs> and thing. And a race. Not, not to pick on don't Fox. Don't make it an either or. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't put the question to her. As much as I thoroughly enjoy picking on Sinclair Broadcasting, um, I don't think it's just a Fox problem. This is like News 2 with Emily leaving, Cal Baxter leaving. Uh, I would anticipate more changes coming for News 2, just dropping that nugget in there. And I, I, I don't think that they're going to be filling those spots with a whole lot of personnel. Um, uh, you know, channel fours, not exactly does, they don't have like 16 people running their department either. So, uh, it, it is, it is a tough gig. And I think Jill's, what's interesting is Jill's perspective on how much bigger Nashville is as a sports market. I think that's an interesting observation. I have not heard yet from sort of outsiders that have moved into the market, but for the market to be getting bigger by population size and to becoming a more passionate, more in-depth sports market. To see all of the consolidation taking place is not going to serve sports fans well. So maybe maybe independent digital media companies is the way to go. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. All right. Thank you, Jill, for during super busy time for her to be uh, giving us so much of her time. We do appreciate it. She's super fun. Um, all right. Fox and, and ESPN and so, sometimes the Big 12 was getting involved in this as well with tweets. Uh, I just love watching the Monday and Tuesday tweets of all the PR departments from all the companies throwing out all this stuff. So if you missed it, the Texas, the Texas, Alabama game, uh, what pulled 10 and a half, 10.6 million viewers. I think it peaked at around 15 million viewers. It was the number one rated game of the entire year. And a lot of people that work for the SEC, let's say like Dari Noka's of the world and Peter Burns's of the world were like, when's the Greg Sankey tweet coming out about how this game is going to be owned by the SEC and ESPN in a matter of years? Number one, uh, number one game of the year in week two. And, I, I mean, know, it, yes, yeah. absolutely. But it but it passed the Notre Dame Ohio State game from week one, which pulled about the same number, like 10.2 million, which is, of course, on ABC and ESPN and Disney property. That will soon be owned by Fox in the Big Ten. <laughs> so just fascinating to watch sort of like the two biggest, most watched games on opposite networks that are going to be switching. And then, of course, the big noon kickoff, which I have an interesting to me. I, I like the title. I like the name. It's fascinating to brand the big noon kickoff for a lot of games that are going to take place in the central time zone. Um, I just think and like they're they're soon going to have a bunch of West Coast games with USC and UCLA. It's just interesting to me, but they've done very well. That product has gotten better. Um, Gus Johnson and Joe Klatt, even though Gus, I think, sometimes can't see the football field um, there. There are that they, they have done a great job with that. That product is up to one point six million viewers. That's 10 to 11 a.m. Central time. That is 32 percent increase from last year. And um, this is why Pat McAfee is on game day. Because Pat McAfee joined Game Day and their numbers skyrocketed, they pulled a they had 2.7 million viewers in that final hour, and then they take these shots at Fox through their tweets, like 66 percent higher than the next competition or whatever. It's just I'm so here for the petty PR tweets. I think it's wonderful. It was interesting watching McAfee on Game Day because, uh, you know, he's very much his own guy. That's putting it mildly. Uh, 
you know, he comes in, he comes in with like an electric blue jacket and something, you know, you know, showing a lot of chest hair sitting next to Corso there, who is, who is as, as buttoned up as, as you can possibly imagine. You couldn't find like a bigger contrast between people. Um, McAfee, I thought was pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I watched, a, I watched a bunch. Of, I was trying to flip between the two of them. I have a hard time watching the Fox, uh, the, the Fox pregame uh, product just simply because of simply because of urban Meyer. My, I, my, per, my personal hatred of urban Meyer will keep me from watching that product full stop. I, I, I will say this though. Rob stone. Really good. Yeah. He's a very good, bro- he's a very good broadcaster. Rob stone um, is Rob stone is very good. He's been a great broadcaster for years. He used to, used to do all the soccer stuff on, on ESPN. I do. En- fantastic. And I do enjoy uh, Matt Leinert's, uh, uh, his his jackets. I do enjoy Matt Leinert's uh, Liner's you know, pretty good. I, I'm glad yeah. he finally found a found a calling. Well, I've done a few. <laughs> I did a few shows with him when when I was when we were both working on SiriusXM, and you could tell he like knew his stuff and was polished and was going to be good at this. Um, but I but again, my wife walks into the room and she's just like, "That's a nice jacket." I'm like, "Okay, all right, take some mental notes there." I figure out that I need to start shopping and buying clothes like Matt Leinert. Um, but <laughs> I will say. The the reason but the reason why Fox is 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 tweeting at uh, ESPN and and uh, which is essentially what they're doing is because they so desperately want to 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 kind of have the same college football space that they that that, that ESPN does and they that they built with Game Day and that they built with you know kind of the the wall of football that they that they run on Saturday afternoons and. I, I I do I find it fascinating that they're doing it with uh with a game that it will be an ESPN game <laughs> for the foreseeable future. That's what again, this is my favorite part. And it really what it is is it's a microcosm of what's happening in college football. Like it, it is the two broadcast networks trying to gobble up as many eyes and ears on every possible time slot and platform from every top possible part of the country as fast as humanly possible. And it is why game day goes like when when at the SEC grabs Texas and Oklahoma, that is a punch that there is no counterpunch to. Now, USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten is pretty close. It's a good counterpunch, but it's not as good. Fox Big Noon kickoff is doing pretty well. Well, what does game day do? They go and they get Pat McAfee. And whether you may not love Pat McAfee, but everyone else does. <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and he just brings an energy to that product. Like I would watch Reese Davis, Pat McAfee and Kirk Herbstreet do three hours. Like just those three, yeah. they don't, they don't need anybody else. They don't need all the side stuff. They don't need the basketball coaches. They don't need the walkthroughs. They don't need the, they suits. don't need Corso. They don't need Desmond. They don't need anybody. They just, if you, if I, you put McAfee, I, I, Herb Street and Davis on a set for three hours, I would watch it. Pollock is fine. I guess. I, I actually like Desmond. Uh, I, 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 I think, I think he gives them something kind of a little different. Um, Pollock, who cares? He's, he's <laughs> fine. But but He's McAfee fine. McAfee is the big swing at Fox's growth. They knew that they were going to have to plan to replace Lee Corso, and they needed a big swing. And I'm assuming, and I haven't seen the details of the numbers yet. I'm sure they're out there. But like McAfee is going to be paid extremely well because yeah. he's still like doing a bunch of other things too. The guy just knows how to work. Um, I do recommend. And this is my recommendation here, real quickly. Sure. Um, there is a Bob. I should probably have done more research on this. There's a great Bob Kravitz piece. Um, it's on like his own website. If you go back and you, he wrote it about McAfee retiring when he retired. And it's all about like McAfee's love of making people laugh. And why would you give up three more years on your $12 million contract? And yeah, it's a great piece. It's, it's a really good piece and a good story. And it's, and it's a time capsule of that moment when Pat McAfee said, yeah, I'm going to quit NFL football to go work for Barstool <laughs> and Barstool wasn't Barstool yet. And so it's a really interesting piece uh, to see where his mind is and to see where he is now today uh, as like m- what could be the star of game day next to Kirk Herbstreit for the next 12 years or 10 years or 15 years. It's pretty remarkable. He's very talented. Do you think, do you think Herbstreit stays there uh, after Corso's gone? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Herbstreit's going anywhere anytime soon. Like uh, if you noticed he's, his advertising exposure has exploded in the last th- two to three years. Like right. he was, he was getting a like some run. Now he's in like every major national advertising campaign, and I think he's making even more money off of the fact that he's the star of Game Day. So I don't, I I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. I think the idea is to replace Corso with McAfee as like the 
non-serious, fun, entertaining guy. What's cool about McAfee is that he can do all the real hard-hitting football stuff too. Um, and I think then you could see a transition away from Herbie 10 years from now. I don't know. What, what would you think? I don't know. I I, I want to see how the how it so we're recording this on thursday uh tonight is the first uh is the first uh al michaels herb street nfl game on amazon prime i'm i'm interested to watch that uh, to watch that telecast i assume it'll be good uh, he and fowler are very good uh, as espn's top crew um i you know i assume he's gonna he i assume he's gonna do the work and and be a very good uh, nfl analyst as well I don't know. I, I wonder at some point because there's only so many kind of top NFL jobs yeah, uh, that are out yeah. there. Um, you know, Aikman and Buck have moved to ESPN for the long for the long term. Uh, Burkhardt and Olson are now the the lead Fox crew. Uh, we'll see how long you know. See how they do and see see if they move the needle over there. Does, does um, Bezos have any money? Uh, Bezos has a little money. I think there's a little cash there, so uh, you could you could probably you could probably make an offer. Herbie couldn't couldn't refuse. Um, yeah. There's no question about that. Uh, I what's interesting is after talking with Jill about how busy you get on in the fall, just in this business, whether you are an intern starting your career at 22 years old, whether you're a one woman sports department at Fox 17, or you are Kirk Herbstreet. I just think people don't understand the amount of hours that go into working during football season in the media and and Herbie who gets paid extremely well to do all of this think about that man's schedule we go back and listen to the interview we did last year with him like it is 12 14 hour days almost every single day other than like and he, two, and he's, he's approaching the, I mean he approaches it like a quarterback I mean he's doing the prep work yeah he he's not just kind of I mean <laughs> there are others who who just kind of waltz into the booth with a you know with a lineup card and and start cheering for Daniel Jones well, I mean, yes, <laughs> All right. uh, and, and he obviously doesn't. I mean, he's one of the guys that puts in the work. Yep. It is very obvious. So I don't know. So, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. His his trajectory it, taking the NFL job, I think, opens opens yep. up some yep. stuff for him long term that I think going to be I think going to be very interesting. Well, let's let's continue to track and enjoy the game day versus big noon tweets. Let's continue to track and enjoy. Fox bragging about games that they were no they're no longer going to have and ABC bragging about games that they're no longer going to have. It's just it is what's happening to college football and you can kind of see it playing out on these PR tweet Twitter accounts uh in real time. So it's a lot of fun. So go check out all that stuff. Okay, uh one quick recommendation uh from me here before we do ratings. Uh the so well, two quick recommendations. One is uh I I've recommended this before Shetland which is the uh, which is the uh, Scottish sort of police uh, drama that's on BritBox. Just came back for its seventh season. It dropped on Tuesday. It is fantastic. Uh, if you, you know, if you want to get into the show, you should do it now. It's it's their last season with with kind of their main uh, their main guy. Uh, and then uh, last week on on last week tonight, uh, I, I'm a fan of police dramas in general. Uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of the Law and Order franchise. I know where you're going. With this. And John Oliver did 30 minutes yeah. deconstructing the Law and Order franchise and all of, I mean, for example, I mean, the main run Law and Order is in its, they brought it back this year for its 21st season. It has 466 episodes. Uh, it is a Good giant night. sprawling thing. Uh, SVU, which is the, which is the second biggest one, uh, has almost as many episodes. Uh, I mean, it's been running forever. Uh, and the the John Oliver, I don't want to say it's a takedown, but it's a little oh bit of a oh oh I I think it paints the uh, the show in a it paints the showrunner har- pretty harmful light. <laughs> it ta- it paints the showrunner in a pretty harmful light. Uh, and that, and, that, and that kinda, the show that the, hang on that the show is doing it, sort of damage control in theory PR for police departments and police officers and district attorneys. True. And that, and and while it may not be intentional, that that is the effect of having characters that look infallible. When in fact, in real life, those people doing those jobs, many of which are wonderful and amazing, there are also a lot of them that do it very poorly. So yeah, um, but it is. But go check it out. Uh, HBO puts up uh, either select clips or like the entire episode of last week tonight on uh, on YouTube. 
go if you don't have an HBO Max subscri- subscription, it is it is one of the one of the best kind of like pieces of like television criticism, yeah, and yeah, yeah. at the same time, it's hilariously funny. Yeah, always as always. Uh, if you enjoy a British man talking very quickly for thirty straight minutes, um, which I do, I do enjoy that. Um, uh, the Bob Kravitz piece, by the way, is on WTHR.com. It's call him crazy, but retiring McAfee is pursuing his dreams. So go check that out. It's very worth your time. It's a not, it's not a long read, but it's a really great insight into sort of some media decision-making and, and what, and how McAfee got where he's going. Uh, also, if you have an HBO max subscription, I'm assuming you are watching house of dragons, which of course has crashed the application. I didn't know you could crash HBO, but apparently house of dragons has, and some people, I'm not sure if I'm one of them yet. But some people are calling it better than Game of Thrones. So wow. We'll just leave it at that, and let's, we'll let Steve decide for himself. Uh, real quickly here, again, uh, spe- special thanks to Jill for joining us. Lamestream Sports is brought to you by? Jaspers. Brought to you by Jaspers. Free parking, great happy hour, great place to watch all the sporting events that are happening now uh, in Tennessee, in Nashville, and in uh, our region. So what were people watching this weekend? So obviously, number one was going to be the Tennessee Titans and the New York Giants. This, of course, courtesy of Mark Binda, News Channel 5, each rating point worth about 110 or worth about 11,000 TV homes in Nashville. Tennessee and the Giants, a 23.4 rating, which actually would be on the low end of the scale of what they were pulling last year when it comes to all 17 and then 18, the playoff game. The, the better games were in the high 29s, low 30s. 23.4 is actually down I from, from most Those game on Monday night. Will it be higher or lower? I think it'll be much higher for all the reasons. Buffalo's a huge rival. It's a Monday night time slot. People are, A, pissed off and intrigued with what the team's going to do. And tra- and traditionally, the Titans play up to their competition. Um, so I think it will be higher than the 23.4. Plus, Buffalo being the overwhelming favorite to win the AFC, I think that's a big deal. So, All right, what was number two? Uh, Tampa Bay and Dallas Sunday night, 14.6. I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of upset with Nashville for this being ranked higher than Alabama and Texas, but it's a lot of, a lot of Cowboys fans here. Damn Cowboys and Tom Brady and whatever. I hate that garbage, but like, I get it. But again, Texas and Alabama did not rank in the top five in Nashville. That is shocking to me. Uh, number three on the list, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, 14.3 wow. college football during the 2.30 ABC slot. Uh, a couple of pieces of context here that are important. This game last year in Neyland Stadium, which was also a great, great thrilling game, uh, 10.0. So you can see a uh, you know a good 40% increase on, on the ratings for this game last year and, and the game this year, which I think... Uh, of course, indicates the interest level in Tennessee football at this time this year versus that time last year. Same same week of the year, week two. Uh, uh, the, the the highest rated Tennessee game, I believe, from last season was the Georgia game at a 16.7, uh, which means, Steve, that Tennessee Volunteers people are starting to come out of the woodwork and watching their team in greater numbers, which I think is to be expected considering expectations. We get to test that very, very soon. Oh, I here. Here's the thing. I'm just gonna lay this out there. I I think uh, Florida Week's gonna be batshit. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's a building, there's a building level of like immature anger that's happening underneath the surface that Tennessee fans want to let out of the cage a little bit. They've been they've been acting mature for about 18 months now since since the the Ole Miss game, and I think they're just waiting to uh to un- unleash themselves on social media and Knoxville in two weekends. <laughs> I think it's, I think the internet's going to be a rough place next, <laughs> next Friday War- warm up game with the zips. And then, and then here we go. Yep. Uh, yep. Here we go, Florida. Yep. Three and O hosting the Gators. It's going to be wild times next week. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, uh, Buffalo and the Rams 13.9. That was a, uh, that was the Thursday night game. And then Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, a 13.3, which of course was the noon game and went into like, almost was a tie with like some of the most absurd en- endings it, and it, it went a, extra points and stuff, you know, it went a full extra period, yeah. which I think is what, yeah. 10 minutes now. Yeah. But again, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati was more watched than Alabama and Texas in our market. I find that to be fascinating. So that's great. Maybe, maybe this means the uh, end of, uh, end of Bama watching here in town. That would be, I, a, I, I doubt it. I doubt it. But that was like, 
if you weren't tuned in to watch Alabama lose, I wonder if that's the again, I wonder if that's the 11 a.m. time slot that just is, uh, you know, doesn't do as well in Nashville, maybe as the 6 p.m. or the 2.30 p.m. time slot. So, interesting by the way, stuff by there. the way, back on the national thing, I, I, the, one of the things I find hilarious is uh, is Fox crowing about this when when a future Alabama uh, Texas game is going to contain a Manning. And I mean, the, the numbers on that nationally are just going to be stratospheric. So Texas versus Alabama with Arch Manning under center is going to do well in the ratings, you think? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's hope Sarkeesian continues to make them better. And that then we can have really good games because I watched that game and I thought, yeah, 50 years of this sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay it's, with with Texas. It's, joining it's not a bad game. Uh, Bama is not the death machine that the, that they have been. Well, we'll they're see. good. We'll see. They're, they're gonna, good. They're going to make adjustments, and I wouldn't put anything past the greatest coach in the history of the game. So we'll see. Uh, and 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 of course, the best player possibly in all of college football, who single handedly won the game for them again against Texas. Uh, the the reports of Alabama's demise greatly exaggerated. Steve. Uh, all right. Thanks to Jill for hanging out with us. Steve, where can people find you? They can find me at Scavendish on Twitter or Instagram, uh, or you can go to NashvilleBanner.com. You can sign up there. Uh, give us your email. We will send you stories as we publish them here in this kind of early look uh, time period. Great two-part series on uh, Metro Nashville education system with some teachers you guys did. Fantastic stuff. So go check it out. Sign up there, NashvilleBanner.com. Go to Jaspers, of course, because it is the next evolution of the sports bar. And please rate, review, and subscribe to all the great and wonderful and amazing shows from the 440 Sports Network. For Steve Cavendish, I am Braden Gall. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been Lamestream Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.